Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media exam reduction. I am Jeff C., and my co-host today is, of course, Grace Duffy. And this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. And on this week's Social Media Marketing Talk Show, we're going to explore enhanced LinkedIn advertising features and analytics, why web browsers are blocking third-party tracking, oh my gosh, and more. And our special guest on this week's show is AJ Wilcox. But... Before we get started, I want to mention this show is brought to you by the Google Analytics for Marketing's seminar, Marketers Seminar, and it's a one-week deep dive into Google Analytics designed specifically for marketers to help answer that question, is it working? You want to join the world's leading analytics pro, Chris Mercer, online and gain complete confidence in your marketing decisions. So you, if you want to sign up for that webinar, you need to go to analyticsformarketers.com to learn more. That's analyticsformarketers.com. And of course, all of the links, details, and notes from today's news items will be available on the Social Media Examiner site. And that post publishes every Saturday at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. Well, let me introduce our guest. Uh, I'm so excited because to be honest, I really need some schooling on LinkedIn ads. And uh, AJ Wilcox is one of the world's top LinkedIn ad experts and the founder of B2Linked an agency that specializes in LinkedIn ads. AJ, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're really excited to dive into this because there's a lot of news to cover today. Yeah, and I'm equally as excited to share with you, Jeff, because, uh, yeah, there's been a lot coming out of LinkedIn recently, and it's super excited, super exciting to see them move at a breakneck speed. Yeah, it is breakneck. So, Grace, <laughs> why don't you kind of get us started with, like, the first kind of big news item, um, because I know uh, we kind of dove e- deep and to ask some questions of AJ because we know that he knows a lot more of this than both of us, you know, our minds put together could even comprehend. And he came prepared. He was telling us before the show that he studied hard and we'd ask these in-depth questions. I'm like, okay, I'm a little scared. So I'm glad, I'm doubly glad to have you on the show because if you had to do that much work, then I I, I was telling Jeff, like, uh, there's no way I was going to get smart by this morning on it. So <laughs> right. here we go. We can't, we can't cram that hard. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I'm too old for all-nighters. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, LinkedIn is rolling out a new ads tab on all LinkedIn pages globally. So similar to the product that rolled out on Facebook um, a little while ago. This tab allows LinkedIn members to view all of the sponsored content, which is to say the native ads running on the LinkedIn feed that advertisers have run on LinkedIn over the past six months. Members can then click on these ads, interact with them, uh, see where they link, do all that. Uh, and advertisers will not be charged for these engagements or clicks, won't impact uh, campaign reporting. So let's talk about LinkedIn ads in general. We were just talking about how they were somewhat cost prohibitive. So Jeff, why don't you 
rehash that question we're asking in the pre-show. Yeah, so I, we were getting, and I and I shouldn't have asked it right before the show. That was my fault because <laughs> I knew I. It's such a great question that. Um, so I know, at least for me, and I know a lot of my uh, marketer friends haven't really, you know, dove into LinkedIn ads because one they. They don't know really. They're so used to Facebook and they kind of maybe have glanced at it and they saw how expensive LinkedIn ads were and they're like, Ugh, and they have it real, they may be a little scared of them. So talk to us about, you know, a little bit about just kind of a, I guess, a bird's eye view of LinkedIn ads and why marketers, it may be time to kind of dive into it again. Yeah, well, LinkedIn ads have always been a little bit intimidating, I think, to marketers, simply because of the cost. Um, of course, it is. It's a new platform. So there's always a learning curve associated with learning a new platform. So those two pieces are like, all right, well, I have to learn a new platform. Oh, plus you're telling me that the cost per click is 6 to $9. That's you know three, four, five times what I'm paying on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if that's worth my my time or the risk. Um, but here's what's so amazing about LinkedIn ads is if you've been trying to do B2B with Facebook ads for the, for the last, I don't know, a couple of years, um, you know, you can target by job title and all of those kind of facets, but there's very few people who actually put that information on their profiles. So your audience size is always really limited. So what they then have to do is go a little bit more broad and start doing things like interest targeting and lookalikes mm. and trying to approximate who that audience is. Well, if you're paying one to $2 a click for targeting that is really fuzzy and not super reliable, um, your, your sales team, I'm sure is coming back to you and commenting on the lead quality and marketers are starting to go, okay, what can we do here? If you're paying one to two bucks a click on Facebook, Facebook, and then you look at LinkedIn and they have access to 95% of white collar professionals. So this is like ultimate scale with ultra precise targeting. You realize, okay, this might make sense for us to expand into to get the leads that my sales team is going to rave about. Gotcha. So in in our uh, recent social media marketing industry report, you know, it was suggesting that marketers looking to diversify their ad spend. So from what I've just heard you say that this may be a good time to maybe look at LinkedIn's if they're getting a little bit concerned about Facebook. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing on Facebook, the, the CPMs are rising, you know, near triple digit percentages every quarter. Uh, <laughs> right. And so if you're looking at that, getting scared, um, it sure makes a lot of sense to start looking there, especially because LinkedIn's costs have been in the six to $9 cost per click range for the last like three years. So they're not rising nearly as fast. You know, maybe that'll change when all these Facebook advertisers start testing into it. But it's been pretty stable and a nice way to diversify, I think. And LinkedIn says that the ads tab is just first of many updates to come. Do you think this will entice advertisers to try LinkedIn ads? I mean, is this making it valuable? Uh, you know, I don't think the ads tab is is much of a benefit to get more advertisers to come. I think this was a preemptive play for them to showcase their focus on privacy and trust for their members. So mm -hmm. Facebook, it was like, all right, we got to add this because the government's breathing down our necks. Senators want to interview us. But for right. LinkedIn, it was like, okay, we never want to be in that situation. Let's just preemptively open this up. That was kind of an interesting move, I think, because this was all politically motivated with Facebook. It was like, really? You know, yeah, people are uh, you know, swaying elections and things with, with ads. Right. So we've got to open that up. LinkedIn politics has never been a big driver of their ads. Yeah. So I, I don't, I think this is probably just like something no one ever asked for, but they're coming out with it just to show like, Hey, we we're all about transparency and trust to our members. Yeah. yeah. No, that really was, was more having to do with like LinkedIn was having the same problems as Facebook, which I didn't think it was right with political ads or anything like that. So this is, you're saying that this is 
something that they're doing because there isn't a problem, but they want to just say, hey, we're, we're doing everything we can, right? Yep, exactly. And then the other thing is you could potentially, if you're an agency or, or, or an in-house marketer that, that's, that wants to make a case to advertise on LinkedIn, one of the things you can do here is take to your boss or take to the, the owner of the company and say, hey, here are all the ads that our competitors are running. And I haven't come across many executives who aren't going like, ooh, if our competitors are doing it, we got to be there and crush them. So <laughs> you, you could potentially use this to make a case for it. But most of the time, uh-huh. I think it's just, it's all about transparency. Have you had a chance to check out the LinkedIn ads tab? No, I, I, it hasn't been released to me yet. And I haven't okay. found anyone else who it has been released to. But anyone who's listening, please comment. Please connect with me on LinkedIn and, and share a screenshot because I'm dying to see what it looks like and what's available. Yeah. So do we even know where to, I mean, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to look. So what would be, can you kind of give like a general, like go here and see if you have it or not? I mean, where would you find it? Yeah, I'm imagining that this is a rollout. This is how LinkedIn likes to do it. They roll it out to specific members and, and they'll roll it out in probably like four to six waves uh, at a week at a time. So I would imagine if you're part of this wave, any company's page that you go to, so you can just go and search for IBM or Microsoft or your own company page, you should see an ads tab uh, in that list of things like like home or about uh, all the different options there. Right. There should be an ads tab. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, you mentioned earlier, this would be a potentially a great tool to, you know, research your competitors. Because like you said, you know, bosses kind of want to see who's crushing it and they don't want to have their competitors get a leg up. So do you think that's going to be one of the, the biggest features of this is being able to do research on your competition? Yeah, that's the reason I'm excited about it. Uh, okay. By the way, it looks like Shea Steibelman in the comments says that he has it. So Shay, please like uh, shoot us a, a screenshot or, or you know something. Yeah, yeah it, like you said, links coming. This is gonna be great. I, I'm excited to see this. Um, yeah, th- this is all about research to me because I, I can't tell you how many potential leads have or how many leads have come to me saying they want to advertise on LinkedIn and they're saying we want to know what our competitors are doing. We want to see like is this. Is this working for anyone? And now I'll be able to say, yes, here are your three competitors and two of them are advertising and here's what they're pushing. Um, I, I think it'll be really helpful f- for us in just helping people understand you know, what their competitors are doing so that they can improve on it. Gotcha. So the Facebook ad li- library, which um, they said that they archive ads for up to seven years, right? So, and then LinkedIn ads tab is only for six months. And so when you're comparing the two, I mean, is seven years too much? Is six months too little? I mean, what's the, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think the seven years motivation was was purely political. Like they want the data there for people to just like ultimate transparency here. You can't pull one over on anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. With LinkedIn, because this is something that no one asked for, I'm imagining that uh, they're, they're saying, well, six months is probably enough. If if you're not interested in the last six months, then, you know, you kind of missed the boat. <laughs> right, right. I, I will say that one of the things that you can do as an advanced marketer to kind of spy on people uh, using this feature, um, for lack of a better word here, is uh, if you go and look at the ads they're running, that's interesting. You're, you're checking out their messaging, their offers, their motivation. But if you actually click on the, the offers on the links, when you land on the page, they won't be charged, but you will still have the full link with UTM parameters in it and everything. Um, so if they're really, if they haven't purposely, purposely obfuscated the, the UTM parameters in there, um, you could probably see information about, you know, what type of campaign this is. Uh, it, you know, is it a big push, little push? What type of audience are they going after? So you could get a little bit ninja, I think, with this. Gotcha. 
And I saw uh, your post that you did on this next piece of news. So, uh, Grace, why don't you tell us about, you know, this drawbridge thing? Because it does sound medieval a little bit. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to let AJ share yeah, what his is, post what about is this. Draw- so, I had never heard about it before. And, you're, and your, your post was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So so LinkedIn has is agreed to acquire a company called Drawbridge and is – in uh, announced that it's planning to also integrate, or maybe it has already integrated with Moat Analytics. Take it away, AJ. <laughs> well, I just I'm seeing the, this whole castle ethos happening, and I'm and right. I, I, I'm wondering if they're trying to build a kingdom with their acquisitions here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Drawbridge is really interesting, and and this one was so surprising to me because okay. Drawbridge has some really deep technologies that, that they're working on, and in my mind, this should have been like a massive announcement, and it was kind of couched as the, the third bullet yeah. point on a on another announcement that LinkedIn made. So I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know, Grace, you have a question on that one. I can go deeper but well i was just wondering what is drawbridge and what does it do i mean i know that it's uh, the announcement said that it's advanced personal personalization ai to further refine its ad targeting but like that's all okay what does that mean what does that mean yeah, you, seem, you seem really excited about it make us excited too yeah sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah so drawbridge they are essentially an identity aggregator as far as i can tell i haven't used them before but there are a few things that they claim to do really well. Um, the first is understanding who someone is. Right now, if you if you visit from your mobile device and then you visit from a desktop, you are two separate people to every analytics platform, probably except for like Facebook analytics. Um, but what they're doing is they're making it available to advertisers to say, no, these two devices, they're actually one person. And you know this is how you can target them. So if the mobile visited you, when they're there on desktop, you can still follow up with the next message. They also appear to do like uh, down funnel, closing the loop, like uh, attribution modeling. And okay. I, I think there's there's some uh, interesting pieces there with also their third-party network, like the ability to serve ads off of just LinkedIn that I think that they could uh, probably partner with here. So pretty cool stuff. Is it going to be a like built into LinkedIn as an add-on or is it going to be another purchase you're going to have to do on top of it? So I was kind of confused on like, how will it work that they have acquired it now? Oh, great question. So this is a full-on acquisition. LinkedIn is is purchasing them. So they're going to be integrating the ad tech. So I, I doubt, I could be wrong here, but I doubt there will ever be like, oh, click here to access the drawbridge features. I think the gotcha. drawbridge features will be built into the existing campaign manager. So the tech that LinkedIn is already working on, I think this speeds it up, but I definitely think this was a talent acquisition play as well because Drawbridge has really smart uh, ad tech people and data scientists. Um, and so I think this was you know, pretty smart for LinkedIn to get those folks on board to help build out their whole next generation of, of ad tech. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and earlier this year, LinkedIn announced a partnership with Adobe to further boost its targeting tools. I mean, I know this is a little bit... Uh, past us now, but what did it, what did that bring to targeting tools on LinkedIn? Uh, nothing yet. So it's really okay. funny. If you go and actually read the press releases on this one, there's just so many words that don't mean anything. <laughs> it, was, it was hard to sift through, but um, I reached out to some of the product people at LinkedIn and essentially what this partnership is doing in the early stages, Adobe owns Marketo and Marketo holds a lot of 
account-based data and, and contact data. And so I think this is a play for Adobe and, and Marketo customers specifically to be able to, to target audiences on LinkedIn ads using their data. So this is something that probably won't benefit you unless you're a, an Adobe Marketo you know, customer right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's the beginning of that partnership. It could end up spilling over and giving us more targeting uh, from the LinkedIn side, but certainly not yet. Gotcha. Yep. So this next piece of news I'm kind of excited about because I'm a video kind of nerd. Um, but LinkedIn announces integration with Moat Analytics to measure video performance. So once again, we have a Castle reference. Um, but, you know, the thing that excited me was like the more stats and you can drill down in video because video is hot on LinkedIn right now. Um, and, you know, video, uh, LinkedIn video ads, I'm kind of excited to, to play with. So they announced this integration with that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so an, an integration in this case is going to be far less involved than than a purchase. Um, so okay. this is going to be, you know, Moat doesn't have any sort of uh, interest in LinkedIn. This is just a plug-in to, uh, for advertisers, uh, from what I understand. So I think the big play here is going to be for other advertisers who are running video ads across multiple channels and even TV, this is analytics to help them understand which networks are driving actual viewability, how much are people watching, how much are, are they engaging. So I don't think we're going to see, unless you are a Moat customer, I don't see this like being a real benefit to LinkedIn advertisers, uh, at least at this stage. But I, I could be wrong. I haven't actually played with Moat. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So you have to be you have to be a customer of both Moat and LinkedIn to take advantage of this integration, right? Yep. Yep. That's okay. my, my understanding of it for sure. Yeah. And, and I thought when they were, some of the stats behind this was interesting that uh, according to research, people spend three times more time viewing video ads than static sponsored content, which, you know, they always put that in the press release. I always think that sounds great on all this stuff. So I don't know, maybe you know this, I'm kind of throwing you under the bus with this one. What does LinkedIn count as a video view? Because, you know, like on Facebook, it's like three seconds. And I mean, you can, that's to me a little bit worthless when you're going through a feed, there's three seconds. Oh, that's a view. Um, Okay, maybe. What is LinkedIn's stats for that? Yeah, the story is not much prettier on LinkedIn. Okay. Organically, when you post a, a, a video, three seconds is a view. Um, when you're paying for ads, two seconds is a view. I don't know why okay. the difference, but um, okay. But yeah, th this is the big challenge right now with with LinkedIn's video ads uh, because not only are they expensive, the floor, like where you have to start bidding, is six cents per view, and. Mm. You know, people on average are paying one to two cents per view on Facebook. So mm. it's, it's a bit of a jump. But then on top of that, you don't have the engagement retargeting like you do on Facebook. So right now you show someone a video and then you can do no follow up. You just paid and, and you're hoping that, that they click through and, you know, join your retargeting audience. Um, but I'm imagining here in the next quarter or two that will have the ability to retarget by video completions on LinkedIn. And that will make it really like much more powerful. Um, I don't know if Moat is going to beat them to that. It's possible if you're a Moat customer, then like you might have early access or something to uh, retargeting. That could be a cool play. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. And video is fairly new on LinkedIn, right? Like, I mean, wasn't it just recently that they, I, I remember it was just recently that they started hosting native or supporting native video. Yeah, native video, I think, is a, a little over a year old now. It came out early okay. last year. And video ads, we probably got, uh, I'll say, a, a couple months after that. So it is. It's, it's relatively new. And because it was higher priced, I think that also means less adoption and higher risk. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are certainly people on LinkedIn who are figuring it out. And they're early to the game and killing it. 
Mm-hmm. So a question on that. So we, we kind of talked in the green room just amongst ourselves about the super new stuff, which is live on LinkedIn. Are you able to go back after you do a live on LinkedIn and I'm using a Facebook term, but boost that post? Like you have to wait till it's over and then you could boost it. Is there a way to do that with LinkedIn live? Ah, great question. So there are no no integrations with with live streaming and their ads product yet. Okay. I would imagine that changes at some point. But as of right now, when you go live on LinkedIn, uh, you are purely organic, and you may be able to go back after afterwards and boost that post. But it's if it works like that. But that's certainly not something that they've come out with a specific uh, objective or ad format around yet. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks. Very cool. Good to know. We've got one last piece. Uh, so LinkedIn is featuring a new ad review, uh, LinkedIn ad review section in its marketing solutions blog. So every month LinkedIn is going to highlight a top performing piece of LinkedIn sponsored content in this review. And they're going to analyze it for the headline, visual copy, why they work together and to get across the brand's general message. They've published one so far. I believe the first campaign highlighted was Autodesk. And so they, uh, LinkedIn offered some free generic ad tips. Well, the advice doesn't seem hugely in depth. Um, it's enough for advertisers to be interested, right? So it was talking about I think the uh, advice was like, get specific, make it human, don't overthink. But do you think that, what do you think of this series? Do you think that it's helpful for someone trying to get into advertising or, I mean, LinkedIn advertising, sorry. Yeah, well, first of all, the the author is Sean Callahan and he's a friend of mine. Let's just say he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. So it wasn't like that, but it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, be specific, make it human, don't overthink. But it's just like, all right, cool, but. Yeah, I, I think it's a really cool idea for for a column for a series here, and I hope it continues going on because LinkedIn has this this data internally of every single post on the system, and they can essentially sort from highest engagement, highest click through rate to, to lowest, and pick out the real winners. The big challenge for a series like this is. Uh, you know, number one, you're exposing one of your customers. So that means that he's got to go to each of these customers and say, hey, do you mind if I write about you? And then it becomes this like the PR team from the client is is getting involved in watering down the data and, and muddying up what they can share. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think this works better from a third party who can get a little bit more specific. But I, I'm a real big fan of anyone teaching people how to create better sponsored content because yeah. – the average click-through rate on LinkedIn is about 0.4% from sponsored right. content, but pretty much everything that we launch lands between about 0.8 and 1.2. And what that tells me is the majority of advertisers are just doing a crappy job creating ads. Um, so I, I'd, I'd love to see any help for them that we can get. I was actually impressed by it. I mean, because I mean, it had pretty pictures, I guess, and I'm a visual guy, and it had some really, you know, almost stuff you could share went to people who are getting started. So I mean. I I was pretty impressed that LinkedIn put something out like that. So I thought it looked really well. Yeah, and I always I think it's always helpful whenever the platforms come out with their best of or what they want to highlight because it looks this is what they're looking for. This is how you can use uh, make the most of their tools and their technologies and their you know whatever else right their features. So here's a question for you: What's something you would like to see them highlight in this in this uh, series? Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh. I really would like to see a variety of different offers um, because for for the Autodesk one, I, I just want to see like the best of an ad that goes like right to the bottom of the funnel, like get a demo or, or try a trial. And then I want to see the best kind of ebook, the best kind of webinar. So I want to see like how, how you get the best uh, 
exposure for each type of offer that you might want to push. That's what I'd love to see. Just some variety. That's great. Good. Yeah. I'd love to see that as well. So AJ, if you haven't told, been able to, uh, AJ is really passionate about LinkedIn advertising. So um, he is the man. And so AJ, where can people go if they want to find out more about you and your services? I think you can just go to our website, b2linked.com. My dirty little secret is if you fill out the contact form on any of the pages, you won't go to a sales rep and you don't go into our marketing automation workflow. It goes just to my inbox and I'm not a sales guy. So feel free to reach out, ask any questions. I'm more than excited to help you. But he is an ads guy. (laughs) I I am. I'm a hardcore ads guy. I will (laughs) straight up geek out with you. Awesome. AJ, thank you so much for coming today. We really appreciate all your knowledge on this stuff because it, it just all it like the floodgates opened from LinkedIn and we got all this information. And thank you so much for coming on and kind of uh, showing us the tea leaves and figuring out all this stuff. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Have me back anytime. Thank right. you, AJ. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Cool. All righty. That was fun. Man, he is, he knows that LinkedIn stuff. I mean, I could, it's one of those, he's one of those guys you could pick his brain all day because I think Michael Stelzner even mentioned this how excited he is for LinkedIn and where it's moving and the stuff that, you know, with live video and then these ads things that are coming out and people are diversifying that he mentioned in his industry report, um, kind of moving, pulling back a little bit from Facebook. I think it's fascinating. And I think LinkedIn is really becoming an interesting space. And I never thought I would say that. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's just like, you know, you, you have kids, I have kids or you're just like, why can't you learn from my mistakes? Right. Right, So I feel like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is looking at the other platforms. And I mean, we always make fun of them being for slow to the game, but you know, they're doing it right. And AJ made a really good point of the fact that, you know, they're not having the same problems that Facebook is having with its ads or it's, it's, uh, you know, being taken over by this or that, but they proactively did this thing, the, this ad tap, right? And they right. they're not even played by it, so they are learning from my mistakes. <laughs> they are learning <laughs> from other from other people's mistakes. So I think that, um, and to put a positive spin on it, they are really making the investment into tools that really work, and they're slowly rolling things out. So, yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, this next uh, segment that we're getting into um, got a lot of marketers talking because. <laughs> It's a little bit crazy, but it seems to be, I mean, even we were talking about LinkedIn a little bit of, and how they're being more transparent about their privacy and all that kind of stuff and showing what's going on. This kind of ties into this. So if you haven't heard, Firefox, one of the big web browsers, um, blocks third-party web uh, web and ad tracking by default now. So you if you, you say, hey, I want to be tracked, you can go back in and turn it on. But as we know, <laughs> most people won't do that. So it's it's now blocks third-party tracking from, from advertisers, publishers, and analytics companies by default as part of its enhanced tracking protection. And what this does, it protects the user data and privacy by effectively blocking advertisers' ability to track their habits and usage across the web. What do you guys think of that? It seems like the buzzword now, even Facebook and F8 was saying, you know, the keyword for the future is privacy. They say that, but we don't know, you know. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So Grace, what do you think about this? Because one, it makes, I think it's going to make our job harder as marketers, but mm-hmm. also everybody wants privacy. So yeah. what do you think? I think they're balancing the two different things because uh, you know, when I first saw this, I thought, okay, whatever, it's Mozilla, but a lot of people do use it. And, and the big thing about this is it's by default. So anyone that newly installs new versions of Firefox today the, this feature is already 
enabled by default, and mm -hmm. it'll automatically enable blocking for those who already have the browser installed over the next coming months. So this is something that they're slowly rolling out. And like you said, people can go in and change it. But and Facebook rolled out something similar with, and we had Amanda Bond on to talk about it, where it was like you could go in and you know do all this, but it was an opt out, and we kind of right. just agreed that like but because this is rolling out like just as like they wouldn't go on facebook and opt out chances of someone opting in yeah i read a bunch of articles about this and so of course safari has done this big time i mean they mm -hmm. they've been blocking it for a while apple is rolling out even i mean even in their latest uh thing they're talking about how they're you know tracking certain things and chrome is owned by google a lot of people use chrome they're going to probably be the last ones because they make a lot of their money off of display ads. But it seems to be that one uh, article I read talked about it's almost the browser wars again. You know, we've got these, they, they want to be the first to say we're super private and all this stuff. But so Google make, gives us a lot of free stuff so we can track it, Gmail and all these other things. And so are the free things going to go away? You know, that's another question because the reason they're free is so they can track us. Um, so they can sell to us. So um, I think it's going to be kind of everybody's going to jump on the bandwagon and then it's going to kind of ebb and flow. You know, I don't know about like the social platforms, what they're going to do if it's if that's coming around the corner. Wouldn't surprise mm -hmm. me if they at least give lip service to it. Um, but uh, this whole transparency, privacy thing is, I think, fascinating. Um, right. Because nobody well, wants mean to be spied on. I mean, that's how the that's how the companies make their money is through I mean, the social media platforms make their money is through advertising. And I think this has been put out time and time again that when you say, OK, well, okay, we have to pay for Facebook, right? The service or or Twitter or whatever else, right? Snapchat. We have to pay for it somehow. Right. So would you be willing to pay for it? And more likely than not, people are not willing to pay for it, but they like to continue to benefit from it. You know, and it's hard because you answer questions as a marketer, as a user, and as right. a, parent. a parent, yeah, yeah exactly. as a parent. So, and I have very different answers for each thing, but for the most part, like, because I understand what's happening with advertising, I, I don't mind it as much because I like, I'd rather have ads that are right. targeted to me and my interests, but do you think that there, I mean, this might be affected by more of an education component? I mean, Facebook is trying, for example, to educate and encourage advertisers to educate their customers as well about how their advertising works. Do you think it's more of an education component or do you think people just may or may not care? I think as long as they're getting free stuff, you know, people will say they want privacy unless you take away their Gmail or like, for example, for me, um, we love it that we can, you know, find my kids iPhones. If they're out late or something, I know where they are because there's that feature. Of course, that's me tracking them. They right. have, you know, there's no privacy there, you know? And so, but, and so that tells me that Apple's, tra you know, they, they say they're not tracking. I mean, so, I mean, there's give and take with everything. So right. very interesting how it's going to play. I think we're going to have, there's going to be a, a lot clearer, like, when you click here, you are giving us access to track your, I mean, I think it's going to be um, eventually for some of these free services, it's going to be a lot more clear. It's not going to be like who has read the terms of service and those big long scrolls that mm. we usually get. No, I, mm -hmm. I think they're probably going to try to condense some of that legalese and almost to be like the, um, the thing you get for GDPR on the bottom of the website saying this cookie yeah. is tracking. I think it's going to be more simplified like that, but who knows, but it's fascinating. And, as always, uh, watching this show helps you guys out because it changes every day, every week. New right. stuff is coming out. And as marketers, that's our job. And it's it gets hard sometimes trying to track all this stuff. So we are happy to able to serve you with this. Um, 
Let's see. And the next segment is one of my favorites because, of course, <laughs> it's Pinterest. Yeah. So, so Pinterest is developing story pins, right? So Pinterest is testing the story pins feature with a small group of Pinterest business accounts. So right. like the story features on other social media networks, uh, the story pins right. will provide users with more way to share creative ideas. But tell us what about what is a story pin? Yeah, so it's this new feature you're seeing pop up now in Pinterest. And story pins give people um, more ways to share ideas with up to 20 pages of images, text, and multiple links. So it's kind of like a story-type blog post. They're starting mm -hmm. to show up on the Pinterest's feed right now, and it has a little story icon uh, below the image. And I just dropped a link in here on Crowdcast, and we'll, we'll move it over onto Facebook in a bit. But it's really cool. And then the example I share, shared was a, a food blogger from Austin, and it's, it tells a story. It's a story pin, but it uses images and text together, and, and I think it's pretty cool. I think it's um, uh, you share it just like you would do another pin, any other pin and repin it to your board. They are just right now testing them to a small group because I tried to get it. I don't have it yet. Nobody I know has it yet. I've asked, mm -hmm. believe me. Uh, but it's, they said if you have a Pinterest and it's for Pinterest for business. Um, so that's you just account that you switch over your personal to a business account. Uh, if you don't see the option right now to create a story pin, they said to stay tuned because they're going to make story pins available to more people soon. So I don't know how fast it's rolling out, but I think it's very, very cool. And it shows up on mobile and desktop. And mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm, I want to play with them. I, I, th mm -hmm. I think because they can tell a story, you can drive some, some engagement a little deeper and either make the sale or get them to read your article. Or I think it'd be really good for like DIY type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. This food blogger was showing examples of different places to eat and really cool pictures with each of those kind of places around Austin. So uh, I just think there's some really cool possibilities there. Absolutely. And, um, and so it's, and it says that it's a mix of up to 20 images. Is that, is that for certain that it's 20 or is it can be less that's or what more? They, that's what they've said on their official press release. So I, to me, 20 is probably too many. I think what they, this example I showed of the uh, Austin blogger is probably about right. I think there's probably five or six in there, um, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'll have that text in there to explain it. And it's, and it's not like small text. It's going to show up good on your mobile. Uh, mm -hmm. I just think it's that, you know, they're, they went public, you know, this year. They're trying to roll out some new features. I can see this being another advertising kind of thing because you mm -hmm. can do, you can promote video pins now. And so they're slowly rolling this stuff out, which makes it more attractive to advertisers. And that makes it more attractive to investors. Yep. And the layout looks beautiful. I mean, it looks like yeah. a, a full-on magazine layout. And what I really like about this stuff is that, these are qualified pins, right? Because so, sometimes right. I get on Pinterest and I'll be looking up something and I'm like, oh, you know, like there's all these recipes for like a chicken enchiladas, right? But then right. like one will take you to this kind of blog. Right. And it just, right. I think this is like, uh, this is definitely, a, it, it is funneled by the beautiful imagery. The ones oh, that are ahead. qualified, like you mentioned, is is like they're called rich pins. And so like a lot of times if you find a good recipe, you'll see most of the recipes instructions on the side that's pulling metadata from the actual website. And so, you know, mm -hmm. that that's a, a pin that'll go back to the right place and it'll give you what you need. And I don't know if these story pins are tied in. I'm assuming that they are to the site because it mm -hmm. has to do with Pinterest for business. And like you said, they look really qualified. So I'm mm -hmm. assuming it's, it has some sort of, um, you know, a tied to your website with from your business account and that kind of thing. Okay. So you, so people will know that like, okay, this isn't a spammy link or anything like that, but it's mm -hmm. going right to the information you need. 
Well, it looks like each pin has a little description and then a link, right? Mm -hmm. So you can link to something. You could even do right. a deep link into your post. So yeah, no, I love this. So I any idea when this will be rolled out more broadly? I don't know. But so I was thinking of examples for like, we have a lot of bloggers who watch um, or even product pins. You know, one of the things that's really popular on Pinterest is like for right now, you're going to see a lot of gift guides for dads. And now I can see this roll rotating through your a product catalog of things that are just for dads and you have some really good imagery of like, okay, here's a great, you know, a grill brush right here. Oh, here's our, here's our grill apron that has dad's the best on it, you know, <laughs> and rotate through those images and have those be a link or a landing page or whatever straight from Pinterest mm -hmm. to your product because Pinterest is doing some really cool stuff now with uh, being able to like use Spotify and not Spotify, Shopify and, um, you know, do products and purchase right from uh, the Pinterest platform. So some cool stuff I think is coming. Can you pin individual images from the story? No, what it seems to be right now is that you can only pin, you can, you can add comments or photos. Like if you say, you know, if you've made the recipe and you want to put a comment like, this is great. I loved it. It was a great thing. You can do that just like any other pin. You can also save those uh, story pins to your boards, just like another pin, but you can't save individual pages from within the story pin. So you couldn't just save one of those images. You'd have to save the entire story to your board. So for businesses that are creating these stories, knowing that you wouldn't be able to individualize each pin and or each image and there wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to right. pin that individually. What, what do you think advertisers should, how they, do you think they should lay this out? So in the example, it was like a bunch of restaurants, but if I'm only right. interested in like the ramen restaurant, right? So what's right. a way to, kind of categorize these stories. What I would do is drive it down, drive it back to some sort of landing page where you'd have a link to that restaurant or, you know, reserve, reserve table at that restaurant or whatever. If like for a product page, like I was saying with like the Father's Day gift guide, I would have a specific landing page with those products in it where, or, okay. you know, just kind of build an, uh, your own landing page and have those special products. They could click right on there and buy those right from there, make it really seamless. And you want to try to eliminate as much friction as possible. But right. I think being yeah. able to tell a story, like you could do a, like, um, here are my, I'm just thinking of bloggers, here are my top posts from 2019. And you could yeah. have five of those and it would go to a landing page where you would have the, the roundup article. We do the same thing at Social Media Examiner. We have the, like the top apps that were mentioned on Mike's, Michael Stelzner's podcast. Well, you could have mm -hmm. a landing page, show all, each one of those as a specific pin and then have a landing page where they, you have that article of all those things where they could click on and get the links. Cool. I love it. Well, thanks for bringing this to our attention. I think it's, I, at first when I was looking at it, I was like, is this Instagram? Like, it's so pretty. Right. right. <laughs> well, and what the cool things are with video pins and with these type of pins, you know, a lot of times the content you're creating for Instagram stories, you can repurpose on Pinterest because of mm -hmm. the, the tall aspect ratio does really well over there. So I've been using a lot of my content I've been creating for my Pinterest for my Instagram stories, and I can repurpose that over as video pins on Pinterest. And I think you could do the same thing with images that you're creating on stories. You could also repurpose for these new story pins and actually tell a longer story. And link and link, yeah. right? None of yeah. this link in the bio. None of the bio. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, that's the other thing is, yeah, you can, I mean, you could really, it's almost like the top of the funnel. You're kind of doing part of the funnel right there in these story pins. So it'll be interesting to see how they, if it's going to be, you know, I haven't, I've only seen a couple of them. And in that example I showed, so hopefully they're going to roll out more, but you'll see that icon, you know, in your feed, it'll say story underneath that pin. And then you can kind of look for yourself and see what you think. So right now everyone can see them, but only a select few can create them. That's correct. Perfect. That is correct. 
I can't wait to see this rolled out more because I love it. It's yeah, I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to play that so bad. I know. I'll, I like, <laughs> Peg Fitzpatrick was the first one. She's like, hey, have you seen these? And she messaged me and I'm like, do you have it? She's like, no, do you? And I'm like, no. And we're like, Ugh. and she's like, I'm already asking for it first. And so we'll, she, she gets everything. I always get everything last. So we'll see. It's, it's all fun. right. It's yeah, okay. I know. can't have nice things. <laughs> Just so that is the uh, Pinterest segment. Um, and we also want to make sure you guys know about this Google Analytics for Marketers seminar that's coming coming up. It is, you know, this show is always brought to you by this Google Analytics for Marketers seminar. It's, it's this one week deep dive into Google Analytics design specifically for us marketers. And it's, it's going to answer the question, is what you're doing working? And you want to join this because it's got the leading analytics pro, Chris Mercer. Um, I've heard him in the society and he is in, he's been there lots of times and he is incredible. And he's going to help you gain complete confidence in your marketing decisions. So to find out more about that, go to analyticsformarketers.com. That's analyticsformarketers.com to find out because it's it's going to be incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm a marketer. So, you know, it's I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Very cool. I listened to Chris's podcast with, with Mike Stelzner, uh, you know, prior to this and uh, where he goes into just attribution and how did, and I was just like, well, you need to get into the seminar. Gee. So yeah. You have, and the cool, I mean, yeah. Take notes because he is just, I mean, your brain will just go, it's just awesome. So <laughs> uh, we do have some blurbs we want to mention before we wrap up the show. Um, one of the cool things I mentioned before, I'm, I'm a kind of a video geek, but Facebook improves, made this video creation kit and they've um, improved things on it. They launched it last year and this week they rolled out updates that offer some more ways to customize, automate and improve your video creation workflow. So you can actually now optimize your video for different placements. So like square, tall, you know, different sizes of formats. And you can all do that with a click of the button. I saw it was a little bit I, when I was playing with it, a little bit limited, but it's, it's worth it. If you're going to want to crank some of this stuff out pretty fast it has more templates now in this video creation uh, kit, and it's supposed to help all businesses find a format that suits your brand and advertising um, objectives. There's like 20 additional fonts. You can save drafts. There's new stickers that are supposed to be super festive. And so um, you want to check it out because um, sometimes it's not going to fit your needs to create it. But if you're creating them really quickly and, and, and it makes sense for you to use it, I think it's a great tool that Facebook has provided. So go check it out. It's called the Video Creation Kit. Absolutely. Next up, Facebook updated its algorithm with new page and group ranking factors. So around mid-May, Facebook issued a uh, an update on its newsfeed algorithm saying that um, you can now boost content. It will now boost content from people you care about most in the effort of reducing clickbait. So just this past week, it updated the announcement with an amendment saying that they will also use the algorithm to prioritize pages and groups that they predict that you care about most. Indicators of how meaningful a group is to you is like how long you've been following the page or, or been a part of the group, how often mm -hmm. you you engage with it, how often you visit, how often, uh, and then how often the group or page posts. So uh, right. similar to the close friends update announced earlier, these changes will not result in an increase in page or group content, but it will bring forth more of the stuff that you care about. So you can read up on that on the Facebook blog. Yeah. And lastly, Facebook introduced Bitmoji-like avatars. So 
Did they borrow an inspiration from Snapchat or did they just plain rip them off? You be the judge. But um, they're rolling out new avatars feature for use in Messenger and Newsfeed. Um, some of the articles I read said, is this too little too late? Are people going to use these? Um, but they launched them in Australia this past week. And they're supposed to expected to roll out to the rest of the world sometime in late 2019 or 2020. I just think that's a long time to wait. But uh, right now, only people in Australia can create these avatars, but everybody will be able to see them. And to create them, you just start with the smiley face button found in the newsfeed comment composer and messenger sticker chooser where they can tap and create their Facebook avatar. And it starts with a gender neutral uh, kind of blank person, and they can customize that from scratch across 18 different traits. And right now there's no option for like starting with a selfie or a profile pic and have Facebook automatically generate uh, like you can with Snapchat and Bitmoji. But um, there's some speculation that may happen down the line. But 2020 is a long time to wait for this that some other platforms have. So, but you can read about it over on TechCrunch. They had a great article about it. So um, that's our last piece of news. And that's our show. Of course, for all the details, links, and notes on everything discussed today, uh, you can go to Social Media Marketing Talk Show Recap. It publishes on Saturdays at Social Media Examiner. You can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. And you can find the audio podcast of this show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher with new episodes that are publishing every Monday. And I also want to put a plug in here for if you – uh, like to get a newsflash on the uh, special devices that uh, Amazon puts out. I don't want to say it because it'll go off. Um, you can listen to very own Grace almost every day on there, and she does a great job breaking the daily news that is coming out there. So make sure you we have uh, uh, on our website, you can find out more about that. And also, don't forget about this Google Analytics Marketing Seminar. It's the best thing coming out um, about Google Analytics for marketers. It's a one-week deep dive into Google Analytics designed specifically for us marketers. And uh, you can join the world's leading analytics pro, Chris Mercer. So find out more about analyticsformarketers.com. And with that, special thanks to Grace Duffy, who is an incredible show producer Aww. and co-host. Thank you, Jeff, for filling in as guest host. We miss you, Eric, but Jeff, you were amazing today. Thank you Thank for filling you. in and making this such a fun show. And and you also handled simulcast while you were also hosting know. the show. So we, I don't I don't yeah. know how you do it. I don't know how you do so, it. I think there's I don't either, but anyway, we do want to thank AJ Wilcox for being an excellent guest. Make sure you go check him out. And our next show will be Friday, June 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific. As always, uh, you can find our work, weekly show calendar at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Have a good weekend. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.